Good evening. Scripture reading before the lesson will be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Maybe one of the most important questions any of us can think about is the question, how can I be more like Jesus? Notice it's not the question, should I be more like Jesus? Because the answer to that is an unequivocal yes. God intends for us to be more like his son. That's his whole purpose for us, Romans 8 verse 29. He wants us to be conformed as we just sang, oh to be like thee, conformed to the image of his son. But the question is, how can I be more like Jesus? In 2 Peter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you know that the way that we measure our growth, the way that we measure maturity is by comparing ourselves to Jesus? That's really what it boils down to. If you wanna think about what it means to grow as a Christian, what it means to mature as a Christian, how much am I really showing the mind and the spirit and the attitude of Christ in the way that I deal with others and the way that I treat others? That's the answer to that question. So what I want us to do as we spend our time together tonight is to think about five words. You know, there are a lot of different ways you could answer this question. How could I be more like Jesus? I just want to share with you five words. And if these words are part of our lives, they will help us for, toward our object. They'll help us toward our goal to be like Jesus Christ. Word number one this evening is the word integrity. When it comes to being like Christ, when it comes to being like Jesus, nobody was ever like Jesus who did not possess great integrity. Integrity is who you are when nobody else is watching. It's what you are behind closed doors when nobody else sees except for God. Integrity is who you really are. We might see the public you, we might see the version of you that you want us to see, but integrity is about what's going on in our hearts. Matthew 5 verse 8, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. People of integrity, people of soundness and oneness of heart. In Psalm 26 verse 1, the psalmist prays, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. And then in Psalm 26 verse 11, the same psalm at the end, he says, I will walk in my integrity. There was somebody who was struggling in life and he was thinking about how he ought to respond to his difficulties and integrity is what came to mind. The idea that we are one person. In math, we have integers. I know you didn't want to come for a math lesson tonight, but an integer is a whole number. It's not a fraction. And integrity is related to the word integer. It means that we are whole people. There's no fragmentation in us. There's not a, a, a version of me that, that is seen over here in private and then a version of me that's seen over here in public. And those are two radically different people. That's not what integrity is. And nobody ever had integrity like Jesus. He is the, the Lord. He is the same whether he's in public, whether he's in private. And scripture bears that out. Integrity. 
Philippians 2, 14 and 15 tells us that we are to do all without grumbling and complaining so that we might shine as lights in the midst of a dark world. It's a matter of our influence. It's a matter of our, our effect on the world around us. People of integrity make a difference. People who wholeheartedly love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength make an impact. It's about being like Christ. He was the same no matter where you found him, one-on-one -on -one or with crowds. In Matthew 5, 16, the Lord said to us as disciples, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's about integrity. We do what we do because we serve the Lord, because we honor him, and that's who we are, that's what we're all about. You wanna be like Jesus? Integrity is a word to consider. Am I cheating? Am I, am I changing things behind the scenes? Am I doing things that lead away from a life of integrity, of being the same, both publicly and privately? It's a question about being like Christ. Word number two this evening, as we think about what it means to be like Jesus, humility. When we're full of ourselves, when we think highly of ourselves, we are not at all like the Lord because he is the most humble person who has ever lived. As a matter of fact, it was just read a moment ago by Seth in Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight, that Jesus humbled himself. He came and took a form, the form of a servant and humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross. Nobody ever humbled himself like Jesus. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am meek and lowly in heart. He wasn't just saying that for rhetoric. He wasn't just saying that because it sounds poetic. That's who he is. He's humble, he's meek, he's lowly in heart. And we are not very much like Jesus when we're proud and lifted up. In 2 Chronicles 26, 16, there was a king named Uzziah. And the Bible says that his heart was proud and lifted up to his destruction. And there are a lot of people that think a lot of themselves, even among New Testament Christians. And we're a lot like Uzziah. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Don't allow pride to get into your life because it's gonna keep us from becoming more like Christ. Open your Bibles, if you would, just briefly to 1 Peter 5. Look at verses 5 and 6. You know, it's interesting to, th to think about the context in which God talks about humility. Here's one worth contemplating. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. After talking to elders and giving them their charge, in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Peter says, likewise, you younger people. You know what younger people have a problem with? We have a problem with listening to and submitting to the authority of elders. Those of us who are younger, we just have, God knows that about us. And so in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, he says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Here's why. Because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. If we're full of ourselves, if we're rebellious against authority, legitimate authority that God has ordained, if we stand up and say, I will not be moved, we're not very much like the Lord. We're not very much like Jesus. James 4.10 is a parallel passage to this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Our youth sing songs like that. We need to think more about humility. It's not thinking less of ourselves. It's not debasing ourselves and saying, no, I'm not really that good at anything. Humility is just thinking of ourselves less. 
It's thinking of others. It's looking out for their needs. It's contemplating what is going on in somebody else's life. That's genuine humility. And nobody was ever humble like Jesus. Thinking of others before himself. Word number three this evening, as we think about what does it mean? How could I be more like Jesus? Integrity, humility, how about simplicity? Our lives are complicated. And one of the reasons, listen to me here, one of the reasons why our lives are, contemplated, are complicated is because of the stuff that we accumulate. Because of the material possessions that we own or want to own or once owned. That's one of the reasons why our lives are complicated. In Luke 9, 58, you remember what somebody said, I wanna follow you, Jesus. And he said, the son of man has no place to lay his head. The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus owned practically nothing. When they hung him on the cross, his possessions amounted to, it appears, his clothing. That was a life of simplicity, a life of not being in love with the things of this world. As a matter of fact, he taught that very principle in Luke 12, 15. Someone interrupted him in the middle of teaching and said, teacher, teach me to divide my inher- the inheritance. Uh, teach the, uh, my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says in Luke 12, 15, take heed and beware. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. If we would be like Jesus, we ought to give all of us some thought to the discipline of simplicity and realize that our lives are not made up in the stuff that we possess. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Timothy 6 and look at verses 6 through 8. When we think about what Jesus was really like and we ask ourselves, am I growing in a way that pleases God? Am I growing to be more like Christ? These are words that are well worth our prayerful meditation. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, the scripture says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having, therefore, food and clothing, verse 8, with these we shall be content. That's God speaking to us. We need to learn that there is such a thing as contentment and having food and clothing something to wear, something to eat. We can be content with just those things, the scripture says. It's about simplicity. If I would be like Christ, if I would be more like him, it's about asking, in my life, are are things and possessions starting to crowd God's word and God's will out of my life and out of my heart? I like what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, verse 19, as he thought about his brethren and he thought about his own needs. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The things we truly need, the things that we need to glorify and honor God, God has promised to provide those things. Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, mainly what you wear, what you eat, all these things will be added to you. Simplicity. Number four, as we think about words that can help make us more like our Savior, more like Jesus, dependence. All of us, no matter what we're doing in life, all of us are in over our heads. I think that's important to remember. 
I think it's important for us to remember that we can't figure out the solutions to our problems all by ourselves without God and without his word. We're not gonna be able to make wise decisions consistently without God and with his word. We're not gonna be able to have healthy interpersonal relationships without God and with his word. We depend on him for everything, everything. And nobody ever modeled that quite like Jesus. When you think about who Jesus was, he was a man of prayer, a man who spent time petitioning and praying and asking his heavenly father for strength and for wisdom to do what he had come to do. You read in the New Testament passages like this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then in Hebrews 11, verse six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. If I don't depend on God, if I don't trust him, if I don't put my confidence in his will and in his word, I'm not gonna be able to please him. Jesus certainly put his trust in his heavenly father. In Luke 1 verse 37, the scripture says that nothing shall be impossible with God. And again, in Luke 23 verse 46, at the beginning of his life, there's an expression of confidence. And at the end of his life, in Luke 23 verse 46, the last words that Jesus spoke from the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Even when it comes to death, even when it comes to the moment of his death, he's thinking about his dependence and his trust in his heavenly father. This is who Jesus is. He's one who trusted, he's one who depended. I'm reminded frequently in my own life, in my own experience about what Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter six, verse nine. He said, you ought to pray in a certain way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it goes on in that prayer when you get to verses 10 and 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. And I'm pretty much convinced that as you read the Sermon on the Mount, one of the themes of the Sermon on the Mount is that when we live for God, we've got to live it one day at a time. You can't just get a bunch of resources from God and say, okay, God, I'm stored up, I'm good. I've got enough to make it through this month. Thanks, I'll see you next month. That's not the way it works in our relationship with God. Give us this day our daily bread has to do with a daily dependence on our heavenly father for his provision, for his blessings. That's the way Jesus lived. And if we'd be like him, a daily dependence needs to be seen in our lives as well. Last word, as we think about what can help make us more like Christ, five words to think about. The word kindness. This has been our theme for this past month as we talked about evangelism in sync. Kindness is a language that even dogs and cats understand. I mean, think about it. Even animals understand kindness. You don't have to speak somebody's language to show kindness. It's something that's universally appreciated and universally understood and nobody was ever as kind to others as Jesus. You think about what the scripture says about him. Mark 6 verse 34, he's walking around on a hillside and he looks down and sees the masses and they're hungry and the Bible says he has compassion on the crowds. He's thinking about how he could show kindness to them and on that occasion he fed them in a miraculous way. In Acts 10, 38, the scripture says, it summarizes Jesus' life. It says he went around doing good. He showed kindness everywhere he went with everyone he met. He was trying to help people go to heaven one day. And you think about what the New Testament tells us to do. Don't forget to entertain strangers, to be kind to strangers. Don't forget to show it. 
Don't forget to be hospitable and meet the needs of other people. The Bible challenges us. If I would be like Christ, I ought to stop and ask myself, am I so wrapped up in my own life and what's going on with me that I forget to show kindness? Sometimes a smile and an encouraging word can do wonders for somebody else, for what's going on in their lives. And oftentimes we're so wrapped up in what's going on with us, we don't even think about that kind of thing. How simple a kind word can be. In Romans 12, verses 12 and 13, the scripture challenges Christians to be given to hospitality. Again, hospitality has to do with meeting the needs of someone else. Jesus consistently showed these qualities in his life. And by doing so, people were attracted to him. People were drawn to him. They saw the greatness and the goodness of God in his life. And what the Bible is telling us, brothers and sisters and friends, is if we would grow to be like Jesus, integrity and dependence and kindness and humility, those things must be characteristic of our lives as well. You know, it's really not rocket science when you think about it, but these principles are a lifetime of challenge in application in trying to put them into practice. May it never be said of us that we had no interest, that our lives manifested, that we really had no real spiritual interest in being more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here tonight, you need to obey the gospel. We'd love to help you with that. Through repentance, through faith in Jesus Christ, through baptism, you can become a New Testament Christian. We'd love to talk to you about that. We'd love to study with you about that if you have questions. Maybe you'd like to respond or you'd like to ask for prayers. Whatever your need is this evening, won't you come forward while together we stand and while we sing.